Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Chris Delano. So today we are going to be playing uh, or continuing our now continuous game of D&D uh, that we are. We had an episode uh, where we fought through War of the Spark. Uh, some of us knew what was going on. Some of us did not. Uh, we encountered... Who was that character? Uh, I don't remember if you got his name, but you... on your. I, I'll summarize it. I'll do a little summarize. Excellent. That's good, because I don't remember much. <laughs> okay. Well, then let us jump into our D&D campaign set on Zendikar, uh, where we will be delving into the Gul'dra's Skyclave. But to start us off, a little recap of our last adventure on Ravnica. Uh, where the three adventurers here, Smirt, Bindaran, and Ruse, found themselves in the middle of some espionage amongst the guilds uh, as they were kind of sneakily recruited by Atrada to try and kill Vraska, but were stopped in the middle of that by the arrival of a interestingly targeted Vidalkin planeswalker who was clearly there to actually kill one of you. Um, you fought and escaped. Uh, with your lives. Wait, or... what? Wait, wait. One of us? Which one of us? Couldn't be smart, could it? <laughs> uh, it wasn't very clear because this Vidalcan planeswalker kind of got uh, his butt beat by the three of you. Uh, so you all managed to escape with your lives, meaning he actually escaped with his life. <laughs> but it was a little bit of a troubling experience. Uh, after that, the war continued as it did in the story. Uh, but the three of you were present, so I would like to start with, uh, you know, it's been several months since we last played. It's also been several months in the game since the War of the Spark occurred, and you all survived the battle. Uh, we don't know what happened, so if you would like to introduce your characters, uh, share with everyone one interesting or exciting thing that happened while you were fighting Bolas, and then where did you go after the war was over? It only really lasted, like, a day. So it's been a little while. What have you been up to in the meantime? Uh, Hi, I'm smart. I'm I'm not going to do the nasally version of the, the <laughs> voice this time around. By the way, I will be. I will have the cadence. But uh, so smart stuck around for the battle. He was mostly interested in the uh, metaphysical dynamics of the spark transference uh, to the point where there was a couple times where his his elf buddy had to pull him uh, out of the way because he was too busy studying and not busy enough staying out of the grip of an Eternal. So what you're saying is Smurt stood there and watched Dak fade and die? (laughs) (laughs) While taking notes. Wow. No. Where where did you go when the war was over? Did, uh, Did Smurt hang out on Ravnica or have you been traipsing across the multiverse? I've done some traipsing. I've done some traipsing. I, I I went back home. Uh, I, I, I traveled around with my, my elf buddy a little bit. And yeah. Bindarin, how about uh how about you? I uh, like like I like uh Smirt said, I, I tried to keep him out of trouble. It got to the point where he was getting a little bit too aggressive to where I ended up having to web him and keep him on my uh, on my spider form. So he wouldn't get too close because <laughs> he had one super really close scrape, and I was just like, "Nope, never again." But then after that, um, can't lose I, my goblin sidekick. <laughs> nope, can't, 
I, I'd be very, very sad if, if my goblin sidekick died before his time. And so then I, I went back to Dominaria and was hunting the abomination of Laminoir um, for a little while, but it managed to avoid my grasp. And I was actually just about to uh, go look for Smirt to see if he could use some kind of Gedrit tree or gizmo to help me better find and possibly trap this thing. All right. And uh, Ruse, uh, what did you get up to after fighting this weird Vidalkin? Um, so we we were kind of in the the depths of Golgari territory in the Undercity. And when that whole fight was over, Ruse just kind of stayed down there and periodically tried to planeswalk until at some point they could. Effectively, you know, without knowing anything about what was happening up on the surface, as soon as they shut down the Immortal Sun, Ruse booked it and uh, headed back to Ikoria because they had a very important date with one monster hunter named Blightspine. Oh, that's right. We're doing the whole battle bond takes place after Eldraine thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, <laughs> our, our adventure on Ikoria took place before War of the Spark, which also means that it took place before the actual story of Ikoria, which means that... Uh, while you were on Ikoria, you ran into another planeswalker, actually, Ruse. Sure uh, did. And you met, you met Narset. Uh, and while Smirt and Bendarin were, you know, fighting the fight against Bolas and trying to save the multiverse, they also met Narset. Uh, and separately, uh, Smirt and Bendarin had some conversations uh, and met with Narset and ch- chatted about the mysterious stranger who tried to kill the three of you. Uh, and Ruse, you were also coaxed into a conversation with Narset, who has a a really great way of just sort of breaking down people's defenses. If you ever get a chance to, like, hang out with Narset, you'll find yourself telling her pretty much anything. But it was just like a chance encounter. You met, you talked about it, you discussed the war a little bit. And then she was on her way because she had more important things to do on Ikoria. Uh What she was doing, she didn't really tell you. But uh, sometime later, several months after that experience, all on the same day, at at approximately the same exact time, I mean, depending on if you're playing that you're on right now, I think uh, Smirt and Bendarn are on Dominaria time. I think Ikoria runs on Dominaria time, but it might be on Ixalan time. No, no, no. I can tell you for sure, Ruse did not stick around Ikoria. N-O, N-O, no. (laughs) Wherever Ruse ended up, you were approached by a mysterious stranger wearing a blue cloak who just passed an envelope to you, just dropped it into your hand, and then walked away and disappeared wordlessly. Oh, nice. Free envelope. Was it a boy stranger? You can't just tell the gender of someone by looking at them. You really didn't get a good look at the person? They were just wearing a blue cloak, and they delivered this envelope to you, and then walked away and disappeared. Uh, wherever you were, this person physically looked like they belonged on that plane, but they were just wearing a blue cloak. And nothing else? Uh, I mean, they were wearing other things. I mean, they were wearing normal clothing, but also a blue <laughs> Did cloak. Did I just get an envelope from a flasher? <laughs> Did I just get... I, I want to know if I need to call, like... I need to call a therapist, and I need to call some law no, enforcement. No, no, no. It's, okay. It was a, a person wearing appropriate clothing 
Uh, but I don't know exactly what plane you're on. If you're on Dominaria, this person just looks like a Dominarian human. Um, if you weren't on Dominaria, wherever you were, a fitting person who belongs on that plane, I don't want to make assumptions, uh, approached you wearing a blue cloak, handed you this envelope, and walked away. Uh, the envelope is sealed, and it's sealed by a blue wax seal with a symbol of what looks to be some kind of flower on it, uh, maybe like a flower in bloom. Uh, inside the envelope, you all find a letter. If you cannot read what is written on the letter, just by looking at the letter, you somehow I can read. hear... Was that? Oh, no, wait, oh. Bruce can't read. I thought it was an insult to the goblin. Sorry. Oh, I'm not concerned yeah. about Smurt. <laughs> Carry on. Carry on. Uh, the letter sort of read itself to you. Uh, and I've actually shared the full text of this letter with the three of you. And I will share the full text of the letter with our Discord once this episode is aired, in case any of them want to read it in more detail. Um, but you... Read the letter and you immediately recognize it is from Narset, who you have all met and shared your story about your encounter with. And she sort of tells you uh, the story of what happened to her recently. Uh, while she was on Ikoria, she found a journal at a bookstore. She opens this journal and she's looking at it and uh, she can't really recognize any of the writing. It, the, the journal was sold to her by a man who claimed it belonged to someone who had recently died in Lava Brink. Uh, the writing inside looked unusual, but she recognized among the sketches and writing what looked to be a sketch of a hedron, which she knows from having spoken to some other people before who've been on Zendikar. Uh, she shared that information with her good friend, who had spent quite a bit of time on Zendikar, uh, who really didn't want to remember his time on Zendikar and told her to get in touch with Nahiri. Uh, Nahiri, of course, confirmed that the writing in this journal was actually ancient core. And the sketches appeared to be of a skyclave, specifically the skyclave in Guldraz, uh, including a map in the back of this journal uh, sketched to sort of lay out this skyclave. Um, she also was preoccupied with a sketch that she found in there of some orb-shaped object, and she immediately planeswalked away in mid-conversation with Narset, taking the journal with her. But Narset uh, recreated as much of the map of the skyclave as she could uh, sketched it on the back of the letter she sent you, uh, connected some of the dots that seem to be lining up here, and sent you all a letter saying, maybe you should go check out the School Draw Skyclave, because it appears that this journal also mentioned a lot about demons, and specifically a blue-skinned man with six fingers in the service of a demon. So, uh, sort of trying to figure out, hey, maybe this person is connected to what happened there. And this journal is telling us that there's something on Zendikar. You all separately made your way there uh, and happened to meet up at a house, that, an adventuring house in Guldraz, um, where you were informed that the Guldraz Skyclave uh, has never had an adventuring party ever successfully plummets depths. Every adventuring party that's ever gone to the Guldraz Skyclave has uh, died. No one has ever returned. Well, none of them have been smirked. The uh, the path to the Gul'draz Skyclave uh, is described as kind of a gauntlet of death. Uh, the terrors inside are assumed to be some of those deadly beasts in the entire swamp. Every adventurer in Zendikar agrees, though, that because of this, the greatest treasures must lie in those depths, as the Skyclave is never plundered during the war like the others. Uh, it fell to the royal. It didn't fall to any sort of battle amongst the Skyclaves like some of the other ones did. And you also discovered that there is one very skilled guide in Gul'draz 
who has brought parties to the edge of the Skyclave and managed to return alive, but he has never stepped foot inside of it himself. Uh, this is Krull, who is a vampire tracker and a rogue. Uh, if you're interested in the party mechanics here, Krull is a rogue, so you all get to figure out who's the cleric uh, f- uh, warrior and uh, wizard amongst you. He agrees to lead your party to the Skyclave in exchange for half of all of the spoils contained within. And he does lead you very well. We're, we're going to sort of pick up the story here in Media Res for the purpose of time here. Uh, he leads you to the Skyclave through the swamps with surprisingly little incident. I mean, you heard terrible stories. Uh, there were some encounters with vampires who uh, Kroll kind of just told off and they left you. Uh, some beasts, which were quickly dispatched. Uh, no, swamp- wait a second. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. Are you saying Kroll interfered in an encounter with some vampires? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Just making sure. You don't know, maybe I'm into that thing. I, I, I don't know. Um, but uh, you met some beasts. Uh, there was a swarm of jagwasps, uh, which just kind of left you itchy, but otherwise unharmed. Uh, and you did run into the occasional mortician beetle, which were rare before the Eldrazi had come, uh, came back, but have become incredibly common since then. <laughs> Through all of this time, Kroll has been very quiet. He's very <laughs> focused on the end goal of the Skyclave. <laughs> It's a really funny joke. We're going to pick up the adventure today at the base of the Skyclave. This towering ruin rises from the swamp with some difficulty, as the wetlands themselves seem reluctant to let go of the prize that had been buried there for so long. Thick vines and growth just reaches up from the ground into the stonework, pulling it down as it attempts to pull itself up with that ancient core magic that shaped this place and held it aloft for so long. Uh, The walls of stone have all been stained black with this muck of the swamp, and you can smell death in the air around you, but whether it's recent or the smell of the upturned corpses is impossible to know. I am not a swamp goblin, and I do not like any of this. (laughs) This does not appeal to me whatsoever. Krull, is there another way in? Krull is just very quiet, and you see him sort of testing some of the vines and uh, some of these large forest growths nearby. And he just kind of turns to you and gives you that same quiet, stoic look he's had this entire trip. And he shakes his head no. So how do we get across? Uh, We're going to climb. And he points up and you see he's standing at the base of this very thick, very long growth of, I would say it's a vine, but it's like, the thickest vine you've ever seen. It's like a tree, but it's just so long and it's just wrapped around the stone of the Skyclave. It also appears that like other people have climbed this way. Like you can see some climbing hooks on the vine and it looks people have definitely gone up this exact way to get into the Skyclave before. How long does it look like it would take to get up to the top? Um, To get to the top of the the very top of the ruins would take a while. But the or just to get to the path or the top of whatever this this vine is, uh, probably about thirty minutes of climbing, maybe. Um, it, it's it's not that difficult at all to to find the entrance to the ruins proper here. Um, you have Kroll's knowledge helping you, but you also have the sketch of Narset's map, which you've shared with Kroll, uh, on this way that shows you which entrance is actually the one you want to go into to get into the ruins themselves. Um. And you can see it, actually, from where you're standing at the base of this vine, uh, probably about a 20 to 30 minute climb up. You can see 
what appears to be this large sort of vaulted archway with moss and vines hanging from it. Um, and comparing that to the sketch that you have from the journal, that seems to be the intended entrance of the of the Skyclave. Does it look like we can freehand climb this vine or does this need our equipment? Oh, you've been spending enough time on Zendikar now. You've all got climbing equipment. Okay, excellent. <laughs> it came with Krull. He he sort of supplies, you know, you, you've been on those tours before where the person like provides you everything you need. Yeah, it's, it's like when you go to a climbing gym and they let you run equipment. All right, so uh, I tell I tell Crawl to Crawl. You you go first. You're 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 the most experienced here. He just sort of shrugs and starts climbing up, and he looks very easy. Okay, I will I will try and follow. Silly show off goblins trying, uh, vampires trying to make me look bad. You find it surprisingly easy to climb. Uh, the the hooks that are already embedded in there and they look relatively recent they don't look ancient or anything of that sort but clearly someone climbed up here and left their hooks behind uh they're they're still functional um it's a little tiring you you find yourself uh all of you unless you're using some sort of you know trick to climb up easier you'd all find yourselves a little out of breath at the top where you uh reach sort of a stone platform right in front of this archway Assuming none of you turn into spiders to help you climb or anything, that is. Yeah, because that's totally why I was judging whether it was going to be <laughs> we, we all know what you're up to, Brian. <laughs> you definitely find it's uh, it's not a difficult climb. Um, Ruse, what, what shape are you currently in? Um, I think... You know, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> um... Do you know the the core warrior token from from this set from Zendikar Rising, the really muscular core woman? Yes. Yeah, that, but you know, with like a pirate hat and a pirate coat. All right, so you fit you fit in uh, incredibly well because you you look like a, a core. I mean, I wouldn't say incredibly well. I'm dress, still dressed like a pirate and still dumb as shit. <laughs> I'm going to be using she, her pronouns in this, uh, this adventure. Uh, well, Ruse, you, you also find it pretty easy to climb up. And Bindarin, this is nothing new to you. You've been a druid and an elf, and you've, you've climbed trees before, I'm sure. Um, but you all find it really easy to climb up this vine. Uh, it only takes a while. You're a little out of breath at the top. And uh, Krull, who was the first up there, is sort of standing in front of this archway. Um, He's holding a lantern. Uh, it's still daytime outside, um, but, you know, you're in the swamp. It's cloudy. It's hard to see. It's a little, you know, shadowy. And he's holding out a uh, a lantern that he's he's had with him. Uh, it's got sort of like a very soft white light coming from it of some sort of magical source. And he's just staring at this archway. Uh, you can hear him very quietly sort of saying to himself, I've never stepped foot inside, but... Perhaps now I should. Yeah, you should. What are we paying you for? Well, you know, as they say, no one who's ever entered here has come out alive. Okay, well, none of them have been smart. And Bindarin. And Ruse. You're very sure of yourself, Goblin. Well, I didn't survive this long by, uh, uh, by, by letting, you know, a little ancient temple be the death of me. You are much smarter than the goblins I've encountered. Well, that's, I'm smart. 
Are we ready to proceed? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Bindaran shaking his head. You go first. I just kind of point to the entrance. To the treasure! Oh, yes, the treasure. I'm very excited to see the lithomantic uh, mastery on display in here and how I can incorporate it into my own designs. Smart is doing a little a little hopping one side or another, kind of like a bathroom dance, but he's really just excited, like a bathroom dance for a four-year-old. Uh, Kroll parts the vines and moss that are uh, sort of cascading over this archway, um, and carrying his lantern steps inside. Uh, he holds it open and motions for y'all to follow in. Uh, and once you've all sort of passed through this, you know, like the bead curtains? Yeah. Like that, except mm-hmm. it's, you know, vines. And I guess it's a curtain of vines. Um, once you've passed through this curtain of vines, uh, you find that uh, this little entry chamber that you're standing in is is in shambles. It's, it's an absolute wreck. Uh, it's filled with stagnant pools of swamp water, thick growths of vegetation. Um, but the majesty of this place is still captured in these incredibly tall walls that are disappearing into darkness above you. And the remarkable stonework that you can see all around you. Like, Smurt, you are absolutely enthralled by this. Um, only a few feet inside, however, uh, Kroll holds out a hand to stop you from walking. Uh, and he steps ahead of you. His lantern light has caught some something shining on the floor. Uh, he walks around it, um, sort of examining it. Uh, and then once he's behind it, uh, he stops and he, he hangs his lantern on something that seems to be just a metal hook hanging from a long rope right next to him. He's then turns and faces the three of you uh, and says, it is time I, I share with you a secret, my friends. No party has ever left the Skyclave alive because none has ever left. And at that moment, you're all sort of trying to take in the majesty of this room and suddenly you all start seeing little flickering soft white lights what? Along the walls and from behind Kroll and surrounding uh, you up above you. As the lights start flickering on, you can see that there are shadowy figures holding similar lanterns to Kroll's, uh, standing on raised platforms, on balconies, all around you. None of them are on the same level as you, though. And Kroll says, we are the servants of Tabarax, the lord of this temple, and you too shall serve him. Or you will die. Uh, pass. <laughs> uh, can I get perception checks from everyone? <laughs> um, 18. Six! <laughs> I have a 22. Oh, wow. Um, so, Smurt, you you don't hear this, but uh, Bindaran and Ruse, um, you hear the sort of shuffling of robes and you hear whispers, and you can see what appear to be people potentially wearing some sort of cloth robes who are standing on these balconies around you. Um, and then Bindaran and, and Ruse, you all hear a sound. It's sort of like a muffled sound from one of the shadowy figures above you and to your right. It's pretty far off, but you hear what sounds like a, a twig snapping underfoot, and then a very quiet, oops. And as you hear that, about a moment later, Kroll, who's sort of standing expectantly, also hears something. And then all of you at the same time hear a crashing sound from above and a grinding of stone and then a rush of air from behind you as a giant stone slab 
slams into place, blocking the entrance you just came through. Startled, Krull jumps backwards, uh, not expecting this, and he slips, and he falls to the ground, and he hits the shining object on the floor in front of him. (laughs) Smurt, you recognize the sound from that as you hear what seems to be a click, like of a button being pressed. There's a brief moment of Krull going, oh, and then his lantern light goes out, uh, and a massive stone pillar falls from above, crushing him. <laughs> oh, well, that's a that's a classic delayed counterweight trigger right there. Yeah, that's interesting. At that moment, the entire place begins this uproar of of sound as all of these shadowy figures start scrambling, kind of running down hidden hallways and out of sight. Uh, the lantern lights sort of flickering out. Um, you can see one holding a lantern. He's he kind of approaches where Kroll just got uh, you know smashed, and he looks up at the three of you, and you can see this pale white face with black sort of tattoo work on it. And he looks at the three of you, and then he turns, drops his lantern, and begins scrambling down a hallway directly behind him. Yeah, and let that teach you all a lesson. To no one in particular, and mostly to myself, I point where the pillar landed, and shout out, I definitely did not do that murder either. (laughs) (laughs) Smart smart turns to look at Ruse and was like, well, I didn't think you did before, but now I'm kind of suspecting it. (laughs) What, what murder, what, you know, let's table that for another time. Good, because I didn't do any murders recently on this plane. Right. That, that's oddly specific, but okay. Should we follow that guy who just ran away? Sure, why not? All right, let's do it. Probably guarding the treasure. All right, so um, who has the best for like traps and stuff? Is it are we just going with passive perception, or are we going to go? Um... Uh, if there if there are any tra- uh, traps that if you want to look for traps, that will be a perception roll. Um. To see if you see them. If you want to try and discern anything else, um, that would be an investigation role. If you're looking for something specific. Uh, so if you want to follow this person, uh, you can feel free to do that. And then I will, you can roll perception to tell me if um, you're looking for any traps. But first, uh, you have to decide if you're following this person. I vote we got we follow the guy who just ran off. He seems proper scared now. So uh when we go and, and, and ask him some questions, I'm sure he'll be very helpful. Probably protecting the treasure. Let's follow him. Uh, another question. Uh, how many of you have dark vision? Because the only light source in this room right now is the lantern that uh, this person just dropped. I do. I believe I do. Yeah, I'm a goblin, so I have it as well. I don't think so. Then you should probably uh, get a light source. I can create a light source. I, I I mean, do you want all your limbs afterwards? I mean, preferably. Oh, uh, well, then I, I'm afraid my light light casting spells aren't going to be much of Oh, wait! And I, um, I pull out a little, uh, I think I have, hold on one second. I'm sorry, we'll just have to cut this part. I'm trying to find the sorcerer thing. I know I have like a little, here we go, magical tinkering. So I'll pick up uh, like a little rock 
uh, and I'll use magical tinkering on it to create a five foot radius of light, and I'll hand that over to um, uh, to to Ruse so that she does not trip and fall or accidentally hit a trap immediately in front of her that she could have spotted. Ah, uh, right. This way, I can purposefully hit traps. <laughs> okay. So, well, you can all uh, go chase after this person. Um, none of you picking up the lantern that he dropped, which is probably fine. Uh, oh, Jesus you, Christ. Uh, you've already committed. Uh, as you um, chase after him, he he went down a, a hallway. I will, I will tell you that none of you notice anything about this hallway that seems off, except for, you know, it's a disrepaired ruin. So there's some, you know, growths of vegetation and crumbling rocks. Um, and you follow him. You can hear the sounds of him sort of shuffling in his robes. And you find yourselves very quickly in a smaller chamber, very similar to one you were just in. Uh, but these walls in this chamber are covered in empty shelves. Um, at least if the walls have any shape at all and they haven't crumbled. Uh, but you can see what appears to be shelves along the hall, uh, the, the walls here. They seem to be empty, though. Um, there's also a second level to this room, raised about 10 feet up, uh, which also has shelves on the walls. Like some kind of library, but there's no books. Uh, and there are several hallways branching off from here. There is a set of stairs straight ahead of you, leading up to the second level. And you do not have sight of the person you just chased in here. Uh, unless you want to look for him. So, I, I think we got a little bit further. Like, if we were going to give Chase, I was planning on turning into a spider and webbing him. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of space to run after him. <laughs> he vanished through a doorway, and then he was not in the hallway, and now you don't have sight of him. Okay. Uh, well, I will still turn into a spider, and I will listen to see if I can hear where he is. Like, if he went behind a, a secret door, if I can possibly hear where, like, the footsteps of him running behind that door. Uh, give me a perception check. Uh, that is a 25. Oh, wow. Does uh, anyone else want to give me perception checks just to see what you all can see? Yep. Or hear? Sure. 17. Okay. 19. All right. Well, um, first of all, you all walk into the room or do spider. Yeah, spiders walk. Um, you just yes. walk uh, four times as much as everyone Skitter. else. Uh, you skitter into this room uh, and you're all waiting for a fight and you discover that you don't see anyone in there. Uh, you all see that staircase uh, across the way. And because you all rolled so well in perception, you can see that there is a metal pressure plate uh, shining a little bit on the ground ahead of you, right in front of the stairway. Bindarin, you skitter in, and you can hear, uh, like you were looking for, the sounds of sort of ruffling clothes and uh, what probably is the cultist, or excuse me, the um, robed figure. Uh, and you hear them on the second level, uh, seeming to be right above where y'all entered from. Hmm. So I'm going to investigate for uh, if, if there are any other way, look around the room to see if there are any other hidden mechanisms. Uh, okay, give me an investigation check. 25. You you did not hear the sound of the person on the second floor, so you just keep running in. Uh, you see the metal plate in front of you and you start looking around for, okay, well, I don't want to go this way. What other ways up are there? And there's, you know, the shelves along the walls. You think you could climb them. Uh, you don't see any other, like, clear ladders or anything of that sort. Um, you do notice though, uh, because you had a really high investigation role, uh, you can still see the cultist actually. 
oh, he's he's just standing on the second <laughs> level in a way that you couldn't have seen him before. And you see he's standing there and he's got his hands uh, on a on a lever that's set into the wall. Oh, uh, h- hi up there. Uh, don't don't go pressing any naughty switches now, please. We we would very much not like like to not be crushed. He sort of uh, <laughs> he stops for a moment, clears his throat, and then says, and uh, what sounds like a very sure voice, uh, "You'll submit to the will of Tabarax and join the feast of the Devourer." And then he goes to pull the lever, uh, and it snaps off the wall. <laughs> he he stops and he stares at this piece of broken wood in his hand. Uh, and he can look down and he sees the giant spider and the goblin and uh, the core uh, woman who he instantly takes the handle and throws it as hard as he can, aiming at that metal pressure plate right behind you, Smirt. Uh, can can I do something? Can I try and catch it? Uh, yes, you can roll acrobatics to try and catch it. And I would like to web him. You can try and web him, but first... Acrobatics, do you catch the the lever? That's a nat 20, so probably... Got, we're we're going to roll so bad later. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you uh, jump up in the air and you catch the lever as it flies at you. Um, so you just have this piece of wood in your hand now. Hell yeah! I put my hands on my hips, still looking at the cultist, and just say, Well, that was just plain rude. Like... I mean, really. Uh, to use your web effect, uh, Bindaran, what do you what do you need to do? Is it an attack it's, roll? It's, or is it... Yes, an attack roll. I rolled a 19 to hit. Uh, you shoot some webs at him, and they connect. And he becomes webbed to the wall where he had just broken off the lever. Yep, and he's restrained. Yep. Then I would like to scuttle up to next to him, shaking my two heads. Yeah, I'll climb, I'll climb up the, uh, the bookcase. Uh, give me an acrobatics check to climb up the bookcase, because you were a goblin, and this is a 10-foot-tall bookcase. <laughs> 18! All right. Uh, you we are going to roll real bad later. <laughs> you successfully make it up the bookcase uh, to the second floor. Ruse, would you like to join them, or are you going to just hang out down there? I would like to take the stairs carefully, stepping over that pressure plate. Yeah, you, you can clearly see it in the ground. It's actually not even really hidden at all. Um, it looks kind of weirdly like out of place because there's all of this ancient core architecture and then there's this metal pressure plate that was clearly just sort of jammed into the ground here. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can just kind of step over it. As you reach the second floor, you find this uh, webbed figure completely covered in spider webs just jammed into the wall. I, I look at the lever that broke and I say, honestly, flipping a wood lever, it's obviously got dry rot. Like, if this is how you all maintain a beautiful structure like this, I want no part of your cult. Uh, as you were uh, chastising him, you realize that uh, the lever seems to be underneath the webs as well. So you can't actually even see it. Oh, well, it broke. I knew it broke. So I'm still chastising him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he does not respond. I, I I have a mechanical question. Uh, yes. What are we calling this piece of wood? What I didn't hear the end of that. What was that? What are, What are we calling this piece of wood? Is is this is this a weapon? Is this how am I putting this into my inventory? <laughs> uh, it is a dry rotted <laughs> piece of wood. <laughs> it is not a weapon. Okay. But if you would like to add it to your inventory, you have a uh, crumbly dry rotted piece of wood. Okay. <laughs> 
so I, I I look I realize Bendarin can't do the interrogation for me because he's you know a spider and stuff. So I uh, I give like just n- not even like a real kick, but I just like a little gentle kick against this uh, cultist leg, and I say, "Hey, what's this feast thing you were trying to to invite us to?" You you hear no response from the cultist. Well, maybe if you had asked us politely instead of trying to throw levers, throwing wood at us, and being all dramatic, maybe we would have said okay. Sounds kind of neat. Uh, you have dark vision, right? Um, as yes. Ruse gets up there with you holding this magical light, uh, you can start to see color again. Because with dark vision, you can only see things in shades of gray and white and black. Um, as, as Ruse gets up there, you notice uh, the web is a little red on the front. Oh, is he dead? Uh, he's absolutely been stabbed through by the uh, remains of that lever. Oh my god. What? Bendarin! Can I can I search him? Can I can I loot the body? You can absolutely attempt to loot the body if you would like. Um yes. it is currently encased in some webs, so you'll have to break through those first. Okay. I can do that. I have daggers. While Ruse is looting the body, I I just I tut tut at uh at Bendarin. I'm like, Bendarin, again, how many times are we going to web someone up and accidentally stab them through the back with something behind them? Bendarin shrugs. <laughs> like, it, as much as a spider can, tr- a, a spider can shrug, it's like, oh. You remember that perfect on Lorwyn? I think that's an awful place, but still, like, he, no one deserved that. Right through the head. Right through the eyes. Disgusting. I, I, I spell in the dust on the ground of this place wrong. Deserved. <laughs> uh, Ruse, as you were dismantling some of these webs, uh, mm-hmm. could you give me a sleight of hand check? Sure can. All right. Uh, so I'm going to preface this with the secret to rolling good is to roll the stats that you have ridiculous bonuses in. Uh, this is a 23 because I have a plus seven in sleight of hand. Nice. That even beats mine. I had a plus five. Yeah, you um you successfully loot the cultist. You find that uh on his person is just a robe, some undergarments, uh a knife, just like a, a like a really kind of shoddily made dagger. Um it appears to be a human. What shoddily made? I'm shocked. And as you're all sort of like standing there as Ruse is uh very uh carefully and very successfully looting this body without accidentally triggering the trap that it was attached to. You, you hear a muffled sound from a uh, passageway that's right next to you. And all these passageways are pretty dark as there is no source of light that you are not carrying. Uh, and you can hear what sounds like maybe someone walking towards you down that passageway. And then it stops. And then you hear some very um, quick footsteps walking away from you. I'm going to roll stealth real quick and see if I can peek around the corner without okay. them noticing. Stealth is a giant spider. Good idea. Ten. All right. They're actually proficient. <laughs> oh. The spider that I've chosen is the Spider King model that was from one of the books. I can't remember which one. But it's on my D&D profile, and they're proficient in stealth. Most giant spiders are, actually. Uh, yeah. How else would they sneak up on anybody? Yeah. Gotta get, the, get, gotta get those giant humans to, to walk into their webs or get webbed randomly. So that was a 22 stealth. Nice. Subtle strikes. Silence is an underrated hunting strategy. <laughs> are you um are you gonna look around the corner and see if you can see down this hall as well or Nah. Okay. 
Uh, well, as uh, Smurt, you are Bindaran, you very, very stealthily, very quietly uh, sort of bend your spider body around this corner. Uh, and you can see what appears to be uh, a robed figure moving down this hallway. And with your dark vision, you can see, I think it's like 60 feet, right? You can see yeah. to the end of this hallway where there's a, a giant stone door. Um, and this robed figure is moving very carefully down the hallway, but also very quickly. Uh, and the stone door is just slightly ajar. Uh, Smurt, you turn your head around uh, the corner. And as you do, something clatters uh, on your belt. Something, you know, moves in your pack. And you make a little bit of noise. And as it happens, he turns and sees you. Uh, and you can see that this is another human. Uh, his hood is now down. He's got some very sparse black hairs on his head. He looks a little malnourished. Uh, and he sees you looking around the corner. And then he sees the giant spider. Uh, and he begins trying to uh, hastily move even more carefully, but also faster down the hall. Uh, as he says behind you to the, the two of you, he can see, uh, there are far more dangerous traps ahead. Stop now or or else. All right, I'm going to ro- holy crap. I'm going to roll perception at minus one and still get a natural 20. <laughs> persuasion, uh-huh. I mean. Persuasion. Uh, persuasion. And I say, no, <laughs> uh, no, no, persuasion's probably wrong. It had to be deception. Um, hold on. Let me reroll deception because I don't want it. <laughs> okay. I don't I don't want it to actually succeed. There we go. <laughs> 14. And I say, no, wait, come back. Me and my giant spider friend want to go to the feast of Tabobo and the treasure. <laughs> Can you tell us where the treasure is? He, um, I rolled a dice just to see how he's going to respond, and he rolled higher than you. Um, shocker. He just keeps sort of like, you can see him like taking these very high steps over something. You can't necessarily see it right now. Um, as he's sort of trying to move down this hallway, which is a good 60 feet long. Uh, and he's probably about 40 feet into it at this point as he goes, no, you should turn back. And, um, actually you should... Uh, come across this hallway once I'm through. Uh, well, yeah, we're definitely coming. Let's go. I'm going to spider. I'm going to climb up. How high is the, the roof on this this passageway? Uh, it's probably like twenty feet tall. This is a skyclave. It's got you know, it's got to have those like lofty ceilings and high walls and things. It's fancy. Um, but the the passageway is only maybe like ten feet wide. Um. At most, it's probably closer to eight feet wide. They've got like narrow passageways, but tall ceilings, you know. Yeah, they're they're the big mansions of Sandakar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so with that, I will start climbing along the roof, and I'll be dashing toward him. Smirt, Ruse, what are what are you all going to be doing? Uh, I I parked my head up from looking at this shoddily made dagger uh, at the word treasure. And I'm just kind of looking down the hall. Very disappointed that there's no treasure in it. Do you, um, are you going to keep the dagger? <laughs> of course. I've already added it to my inventory. Okay, it's a minus one dagger. Got it. So it gives minus one to attack rolls and minus one to damage rolls. Uh, as you start climbing down the, the hallway, Bindarn, in your spider form to try and catch this guy, uh, he reaches the end and he, he sort of gets to the door uh, and he turns to face you and he says, I'm warning you, these traps are very dangerous. And and at that moment, the door flies open. You can all sort of feel this rumble through the ground. And you, you recognize it at this point as the royal. But it's not a big royal. It's just a little royal. And it's just enough to 
shifts some things around, and this stone door slams open towards you and sends the cultist flying down the hallway. Uh, can I get dex saves from Bendarin and Smirt? Uh, dex save. Wow. Here we go. 21. 16. Oof. Um, you, uh, Clearly, as a spider, you're on the, the walls. You're you're not in the path of this person. Uh, Smirt, uh, this body comes careening down the hallway towards you. Uh, and with your deck save, you just barely duck as it flies down the hallway and sort of just flies through the room you were just in and slams against the wall back there. You hear a sickening oh. crack as it does. <laughs> Uh, Smirt just takes his, um, takes his two fingers and just starts massaging, like, the, the, the bridge of his nose near his, near his forehead in, in, in irritation and frustration, like, uh, and just sighs. Okay, okay, we'll get through this, we'll get through this. Alright, let's keep going. There's gotta be treasure in here. Uh, I'm not even gonna check to see if that guy's alive. He's probably dead the way this day has been going. Yeah, uh, can I get a quick insight check from Ruse? Insight check? Uh, that's a 12. Okay, uh, you don't notice anything weird about this body as you walk away from it. Haha, <laughs> what a normal, maybe dead body. Yeah, totally nothing weird happening. For the rest of you, uh, there's this hallway he was just walking through. Are you just gonna walk through the hallway? I am going to walk very carefully through the hallway, uh checking for traps that he alluded to and was stepping over in my line of sight as I was so convincingly trying to tell him we were on his side. Yeah, there's um, there's something about these people and their trap abilities. You can clearly see where these pressure plates have been put into the ground. Uh, there's a couple of trip wires. Um, they're not made with the thinnest wire, so you can pretty easily see them. <laughs> <laughs> can i just like shake my head as i go past these traps and just like mumble under my breath about shoddy workmanship you are incredibly disappointed in them smirt the- these are all pretty pretty bad the the door that flew open at the end as you all kind of carefully make your way through not stepping on these very obvious pressure plates or tripping any of these wires um unless you want to step on them or trip them in which case let me know um i don't think you want to but you never know no, they, 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 they still seem to kill the cultists dead. So, yeah, no. Uh, you reach the end, uh, and this door that flew open uh, opens into a, a pretty dark room. Um, but as you all get closer to it, you can see pretty far ahead, this is a giant chamber. This is a, a large room uh, that may have served at some point as a, uh, like, maybe a mess hall or some kind of uh, gathering auditorium. Uh, but as you get closer, you can all very easily see uh, it's been converted into some kind of barracks. Uh, there's beds, places, there's tables, chairs. Um, and you can actually see what at first you thought might just be like kind of large-ish rocks, small boulders, you know. Uh, they're all about smirt-sized. Um, you thought they might be rocks because they weren't moving. Uh, and with your dark vision, you couldn't really get a good idea of them. But as you get closer, you see that these are definitely robed shapes uh and they're all sort of standing very very still in the room and actually can i get insight checks from everyone four but if this is the religion thing my religion is plus four 14 
Uh, I got a twelve. All right, uh, Smurt, you don't you don't catch this, but uh, Bindarin and uh, Ruse, you can tell that these um these cultists are moving, but they're moving very very slowly. They seem to be sort of methodically moving away from you towards a large door at the far end of the room, but it all seems like each one of them is very very carefully stepping over something. And you can tell that this room is just riddled with these wires and these pressure plates. They are everywhere. Um, Smurt, you just think that these are very small people who are very small people standing very, very still. Uh, Does anyone want to run perception checks for me to get some more information? 18. Nice. 15. I, I got 19. I think with your passive perception... I think you all would have just made it based off passive perception. Um, you can all see that uh, the stone floor of this room, which is, you know, the stones that make up the Skyclave. Uh, and here there seems to be a, a series of thin grooves in the floor. Furrows, you could call them, little tiny troughs. Uh, but they're very thin um, and they are sort of circling the room and they're all converging uh, in the center of what appears to be sort of like a drainage hole in the center of this large round room. There are, there are several of these, these cultists uh, precariously perched above these obvious traps that you have can tell that maybe we're set here without people realizing how uh, bad it would be to try and make an escape through this room. There's six of them. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you know that they're all goblins. They're all goblin sized. You're on Zendikar. You can make the connection. <sighs> Um, you can see the green skin on some of them, uh, the sort of rocky shapes that some of them have incorporated into them. They are very, very slowly moving. Uh, they don't seem to be interested in confronting you. And one of them, he's, he's kind of far, he's the furthest one ahead, really. Uh, and you can see him, all of you can see him move just a little bit faster and you hear him go, oops. And as he says, oops, uh, you hear a little twing for just a moment as the uh, thin <laughs> wire that he was stepping over gets triggered. Uh, and in the span of a breath, you hear this clicking sound, and then a blade shoots out from the wall right beside him and just slices him clean in half and then retreats back into the wall. The goblin's body tumbles over and blood splatters across the room. Uh, it starts to bleed out into the floor. It doesn't hit any other traps on its way down, um, but you all can see... Uh, as this room is lit by these goblins, um, just a little bit, uh, that the blood is sort of congealing into the grooves on the floor, and it starts draining towards that central spot. And as it gets there, it turns into some sort of darker color. It's almost like it coagulates incredibly clear quickly and turns black. And as it does that, sort of reverses and goes up from that hole in the ground as the blood that was trailing from this body begins to turn black from there all the way back to the source and the body itself of this goblin turns black and melts into this black black ichor of some kind that then melts and goes through the grooves on the floor and drains into the hole well that's not normal and uh, i think that's where we're going to end tonight um as well that's a pretty good stopping spot where you have these goblins who are trying to avoid traps that will kill them while they're trying to escape from you. And it probably is not a good thing that their body is draining blood and turning into black ichor uh, when they die. Before we, before we um, 
adjourn. Can I just yell out to the remaining goblins? Hey all, please don't be stereotypes. Please avoid the traps. Get out of here safely and then take us to treasure. <laughs> They're trying to avoid the traps. I promise you. Bindar and sighs. Uh, the, the, the king spider shrug. <laughs> All right. This one was a lot of fun, Chris. Uh, I'm, I'm having a good time. I love, I was not expecting the, uh, incompetent cultists, <laughs> which has just been hilarious the whole time. Um, it, it makes a lot of fun and it makes it seem, uh, it's a very different kind of adventure. It's a lot, it's been a lot of fun. I, uh, I want to let you know, I'll, I'll give a little bit of a preview. The cultists are very incompetent, but they have mentioned who they are serving. And as far as we yes. know, Tabarax is not very incompetent. So uh, things might change tone a little bit. Well, obviously, he sent his own cultists in here to die as well as bring adventurers in to die. So, yes. I have heard that like many before him, he would wish to see Zendikar torn to pieces. <laughs> oh dear oh dear all right shall we do final thoughts i think so and this is usually what we do at the end of episode so yes <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> we took a week off so my final thought is i have been playing a lot of star wars squadrons and it is great uh and i have also been playing a lot of watchdog legions and it is okay at best and that is all I have to say. I can't wait for the TIE Defender to come at the end of the month uh, or later this month into Squadrons because that's my favorite Star Wars ship ever. Even though the B-Wing is better. No, TIE Defender all the way. My final thought is that I've been playing a ton of Into the Breach, uh, which is a trying to describe. A lot of people have described it as mech chess, but it feels more like a puzzle game than a chess game. It's a It's like a tactical roguelike where you are time travelers uh, piloting a bunch of mechs to fight bug monsters and save humanity and um, kind of careen through different timelines to try to save them. There's like, I want to say 24 different mechs or something in the game. It's it's really great. There's a bunch of different pilots with a bunch of different abilities. Um, it's sweet as hell. You should go play it. Well, I'm back on my World of Warcraft BS, so, uh, <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah, you and everyone else. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my final thought is, if that's your final thought, Brian, because yep. um, mine is also, I, uh, I've been playing a lot of WoW since the expansion released. It's hard for me to get into WoW again, though. It's like, I'm suddenly reminded of all of the work you have to do, you know? It's like, oh. Yeah, I can't just, like, pop up for a quick game like I can with it's some other things. It's a job to play MMOs, yeah. Yeah. So it's I'm not sure how, how much I want to dedicate to it this go-round, but um, I guess we'll see. The story is so good, though. This yes. is absolutely, if you're into WoW Warcraft lore at all, which we did a uh, episode of uh, Beyond the Multiverse about, and maybe we'll do another one at some point with this new updated, you know, stuff going on. It is so good. It is incredible storytelling. And if you out there also love storytelling, which honestly, if you don't, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, uh, <laughs> but uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash the Vorthos cast and help support this program uh, starting today. All, everyone who supports us keeps the show running so we can keep producing episodes week after week after week, except the weeks that we have off. 
usually for holidays, uh, like we were off last week because America had Thanksgiving, and um, everyone who supports us on Patreon gets access to our Discord community, where Vorthoses from around the world are coming together and doing cool things together, forming friendships, making unbreakable bonds, uh, getting excited for call time, it's almost here, and generally being wonderful folks. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.